Come on, church, one more time. Can you give it up for Jesus this morning? So thankful and excited for all that God has done at this point and looking forward to what he's going to do over these next few moments and really excited to gather around his word today. Uh, listen, if you're new here, man, we believe the Bible. We, we believe that it is inspired by God and uh, we're excited to go to scripture, uh, not as a suggestion, but it's there to show us a way of living and, and, and to show us the way of Jesus. And so that's what we're going to do here in a few moments. But we're actually kicking off a new collection uh, this morning. And uh, we speak in collections around here. You say, what is that? Well, you may be familiar with sermon series or message series. That's what it means. But we just chose the word collection. I don't know. We're trying to be different and, you know, just get the conversations going, I guess. But anyway, we speak in collections here. And so we're kicking off this new collection of this morning called Who Is This Guy? And the idea behind this collection is really, you know, if you've been to church for a little while or maybe if you're new to church, you hear like this language that you're like, yo, I don't know that language. Where did you learn that? It's called Christianese. <laughs> That people start, uh, you know, talking to us like a clap offering. Y'all ever knew? Like, what's a clap? Like, do you place it in the basket as it goes by? Like, how do I do that? Just all these different things that, you know, sometimes Christians will say that if you're new to the faith or just, you know, you're not from that tribe or whatever, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right? So that idea kind of helped uh, birth, I guess, this collection in terms of the Holy Spirit. Right? Because all of us in here, we have... Probably if we went and talked to everyone in here, we probably have our own idea or reality of who the Holy Spirit is. Maybe for some of you, it may be the people who wore absolutely no makeup. That's who the Holy Spirit is. For others, it may be the people who wore like way too much makeup. And that would be who the Holy Spirit is. Right. It may be the people who um, look at it like this. God, the father, God, the son. And God, the Holy Bible, they completely disregarded the Holy Spirit. Or there were the people who were like, no, it's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Where's the next nearest chandelier so I could hang from it, right? All those kind of people. Are y'all with me this morning? Y'all don't know them kind of, it's just me? Okay, because I know, I know it's out there. I know it exists. But what we want to do today is bring an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Because it's not... God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Bible. It's not the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. But it's God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And so we can't ignore the Holy Spirit or pretend that he does not, that the Holy Spirit does not exist. So in this collection, we're going to be answering the question, who is this God? And the goal for us is to walk away over these next number of weeks having a better understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and who the Holy Spirit can be in our lives. Are y'all ready to track what is that way? Well, if so, thank you. Let's turn to John chapter 4, uh, verse, verses 15 through 17, and then we're going to uh, drop down and read uh, John 14, verse 26. This is John 14, 15 through 17. In John 14, verse 26, you can flip with me there, scroll with me there, or it's going to be available here on the screen. It says this in verse 15. This is Jesus talking. It's actually this, this conversation that he's having. He's preparing the disciples for what's about to come. So this is like, so you think about somebody who, you know, like, hey, I'm, this is my deathbed. 
So like they're, they're bringing the truth. They're, they're bringing everything in this moment because he's trying to prepare them for what's to come. And so he lets them know. He says this, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. But the advocate, verse 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Come on, let's pray. Father, God, we're grateful for this moment. Thank you for this time that we share together. God, I pray for these next few moments, Lord, that you incline our ears. God, help us to hear what it is that you're speaking to us. God, open our eyes. Help us to see what it is that you're showing us, Lord. Father, I pray that faith rises up this morning. I pray, God, that hope, Lord, rises up. God, that destiny is realized, God. Lord, I thank you for transformation not because of what I say, Lord, but because of the truth of your word. And so, God, we are your servants, and we say this, speak, because we're listening. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Come on, come on, everybody said? Amen. 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 Um, I don't know about you guys, but do you, like, try to avoid things that you don't understand? You don't actually have to raise your hand. Like, I know we probably all do to some extent, but I'm just going to go ahead and let you know, like, Things that I don't understand, I absolutely try to avoid. And one of those things that I try to avoid, uh, and still do for this matter, is math. Any, I know some of you guys are math majors. I know some engineers in the room like, what? What's wrong with you? But growing up, I absolutely tried to avoid math. It just was not my thing. And so much so, I still try to avoid it. So now that our kids are in school and they have questions of math, I send them to Katie. Like, mommy will figure it out. And for moments when I haven't tried to figure it out, she laughed at me because the answer was wrong. Like, hey, don't listen to daddy. That's not right. You know? And so I'm like, yeah, this is why I try to avoid math. Another thing that I try to avoid, and I do a really good job at it, is dancing. Nope. Yeah, come on. I'm not going to dance. You will not catch that. There's no footage to be leaked. It is not there. You won't find it. I, I, I just don't dance. Um, <laughs> um, even back, like, growing up, like, I didn't go to any dances in high school, none of that, no homecoming, no prom, nothing. Like, and I, I played basketball. Like, so how could I not be at these events? But nah, because I, I could not show up with the possibility that I could be tricked into dancing. And then the peer pressure gets bad, and then they say, yo, 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 come get somebody. I'm like, what? Oh, we, we thought something was going on. Like, that wasn't going to happen. So I avoid dancing. And, and, and this is true. I didn't dance at our wedding. Outside of our first dance, I did not dance at our wedding. The moment I tried, I was stepping all over Katie's dress. She's like, will you stop? Like, it was bad. I avoid dancing at all costs. But I didn't realize this then, but I realize it now, like, my unwillingness to kind of go the extra mile and get better at math, you know, that would have made college a lot easier. Um, or, you know, dancing, and that would have maybe gave me more memories and moments from high school that I could still cherish uh, today. Right? I, I miss those moments because of my unwillingness to try to understand something that I didn't. 
So here's the question I have. How many of us who are followers of Jesus, that is also true when it comes to the Holy Spirit? That because we don't understand the Holy Spirit, because of our perception of the Holy Spirit, because of what other people have talked to us about the Holy Spirit, because of rumors that we've heard about the Holy Spirit, instead of trying to understand the Holy Spirit, we've kind of pushed him away, avoided him like the uncle at the family reunion because we simply don't understand the Holy Spirit. But can I tell you, family, we are missing out a major part of our lives by avoiding the Holy Spirit. And listen, I believe that it's nothing more than a tactic of the enemy. Because if he can, ta- if he can see a believer live a life absent of understanding the Holy Spirit, then that is a believer that is not living an empowered life to be witnesses for Jesus here in the earth and to be who God has called us to be, to fulfill the Great Commission and so much more. We're living beneath the level of life that we should be. We're not being a difference maker if we ignore the Holy Spirit. And so today, let's journey together to gain an understanding of the Holy Spirit so that we don't find ourselves avoiding all that the Holy Spirit is so that we can live and and see why Jesus would say that I must go for your helper to come. Are y'all ready to do that this morning? So as we begin to gain this understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, let's, let's start at the beginning. And by the beginning, I literally mean the beginning. I mean Genesis. You'll see in Genesis that the Holy Spirit is actually the first member of the Godhead that appears in the Bible. So just look at Genesis 1, verse 1 through 2. It says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. So we see here that the Spirit of God, who is the Holy Spirit, is the first member of the Godhead to be mentioned. So I want you to track with me here. Now, you could say, well, what do you mean that the Holy Spirit was the first member of the Godhead to be mentioned? Because it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens. So where did you get the Spirit of God? Or where, where did you get Holy Spirit from? See, when it says, in the beginning, God created, it's not referring to any uh, specific member of the Godhead or the Trinity. It's not referring to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, but it is referring to the Godhead in its entirety. So in essence, it is saying, in the beginning, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit created the heavens and the earth. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? So I, I, I say this and I break it down to that way to highlight the fact that the Holy Spirit is a member of the Godhead, that he is a part of the Trinity. It's not God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. It's not just the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a second-class citizen as he is often treated, but he actually serves, the Holy Spirit serves a function. God has a function, Jesus has a function, and the Holy Spirit has a function. So God being three in one, I get it. It can be a difficult uh, reality to understand because it just really doesn't compute to us. It doesn't make sense to us. Like, how can God be three in one? How can there be? But check out this graph here. I think we have it. Yes, we have it. Can y'all see this? My big old head in any way? I'm supposed to laugh. But <laughs> so you look at this graph right here. So the Father is not, God the Father is not the Holy Spirit. 
but the Holy Spirit is God. Now, the Holy Spirit is not the Son, Jesus, but Jesus is God. And the Son, Jesus, is not the Father, but the Father is God. So it is three in one. I mean, even if you look at yourself, like your flesh, you have a spirit, and you have a soul, right? But it's, it's you that we see, right? So this is three in one. God functions. He, he is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and they each serve different functions. So let's, let's get some scripture behind this. So scripture does give us insight into how the three work together. 1 Corinthians 12, 5 through 7. It says this, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the coming good. So right here, we can see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all serve different roles. So can we go back to verse, can we see verse 6? So check out verse 6. This is the Father operating in verse 6. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So the Father operates. Now let's hit verse 5. It says this, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. The Son, Jesus, he administrates. Then look at verse 7. The Holy Spirit manifests, verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So in this particular chapter, Paul is actually talking about spiritual gifts to the church in Corinth. But here we see the different functions of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So three in one, each serving with a different function. And even there's, there's even different scriptures in, 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 in the Bible that shows the three of them on the scene at the same time. Uh, one of them is in Matthew chapter 3, uh, where John the Baptist uh, is baptizing Jesus. So obviously Jesus is present. And then it talks about the, the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. The Holy Spirit is not a dove, but this descending like a dove. And then we have also in that moment where God says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So this is not some people who take a oneness approach. This is not just a oneness idea. This is not a modal idea where he changes modes. But you see right there where the son Jesus was present, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. And then from the heavens, God the Father saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? I know I'm coming in a little bit heavy with that. So consider this. If you were to build a house, you're going to need an architect. You're going to need a foreman. And you're going to need workers to build a house. So using this illustration, the father is the architect. The son It's the foreman just over administration. And then the Holy Spirit is represented by the workers who build the house, the manifestation, the the, the manifest meaning to make something known, right? So all God but serving specific roles. Now, while that's important to understand, the Godhead and the Trinity, that's not solely our conversation today, but I feel like it was important for us to have this framework to work from as we continue to kind of understand who the Holy Spirit is. And if you just nod your head, let me know if you're tracking with me this morning. Y'all tracking? Okay. So often, you know, we hear the Holy Spirit referred to as an it 
are referred to as a force or even an influence or mystical power. But listen, that's not who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is a person. And many of us, we miss out on the fullness of the Holy Spirit because we haven't grasped that truth that he is a person. Now, as I say the Holy Spirit is a person, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is human, but rather he has the attributes of what we would say is a personality. And I don't have time for us to actually go there, so you can write these scriptures down and check them out yourself. But Romans 8, 27, he has a mind. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 11, he has a will. Uh, Galatians 5, 22, he has emotions, or he comforts, Acts 9. He speaks, uh, Hebrews 3, 7. Or he comforts Acts 9.31, he speaks Hebrews uh, Hebrew 3 and verse 7, right? So it's not to say that he is human, but yet he has these attributes that a person would have that would describe a personality. So the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not a force. It's not an influence or a mystical power, but the Holy Spirit is a person. There's the person of the Holy Spirit. And so now having that groundwork laid, we have established that the Holy Spirit is God. So we can't dismiss him. We can't put him in the corner, but he is God. And he's been here from the beginning, going back to Genesis 1. And listen, I get it. Talking about the Holy Spirit can probably conjure up a lot of emotions, especially if you've seen people who, you know, like, yo, I'm spirit-filled. And you're like, yo, like, you're, you're freaking me out right now. You're kind of weird, and if that's what it is to understand the person of the Holy Spirit, I don't want that, and I'm good. Can I tell you, I would agree with that as well. But listen, the Holy Spirit is not weird. It's people who are weird, and we all know some weird people. And if you feel like you don't, who's going to break it to them? (laughs) But he's a person, and he's a person that we need. So much so, Jesus would say this in John 16, verse 7, that to, his, to the disciples. And listen, this, these are, you always pay attention to the words of Jesus, but this is before the moment that he's about to go on the cross. So he's laying it out, and he's telling the disciples, like, yo, it is better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend, your helper, the advocate, your advantage won't come. But if I go, then I'll send him to you. So that means we need the Holy Spirit. So I want to give us really quickly three reasons why we need the Holy Spirit. The first reason is this. He helps. The Holy Spirit helps. He is our helper. You know, I love to go to the gym, and I'm working to be more consistent with going to the gym and my attendance there. But recently, I was bench pressing, and I felt good this particular morning, so I wanted to go up in weight. It wasn't a weight that I've never lifted before. It's just been a while before I've lifted this weight. And so I started scanning the room like, yo, who could spot me? Because, you know, you don't want anybody to just spot you. That could be really bad. So I was like, okay, that guy, he looked like he can lift this just in case. You know, I need some help. So anyway, I go get the guy and, and help me, and, and, and it was, you know, I lifted and he was helping anyway. That's kind of bragging. I'm, I'm sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> but he, he was helping, right? He was, he was my spotter, someone who could be there to help me just in case. And family, this and more is who the Holy Spirit is to us. He is our helper. Look at what Romans 8.26 says. It says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness because we don't know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. The Holy Spirit helps us, family. 
He shows us the way when we don't even know the way. So to deny yourself of a relationship with the Holy Spirit is to deny yourself with a level of understanding that you can't access, that you're only going to live here because you are missing out on the help to, to give you access to another level of understanding. Like I look at our kids, there's a level of understanding that they have and a level of understanding that I have. And so I get to help them understand what they can't. Because there's a limit to what they can comprehend at this point. There are physical limitations that they have. So what? They need me and Katie as their helper. And so often, some of us, we deny, we're living denying the help of the Holy Spirit, who he wants to be in our lives. And it kind of reminds me of of Zoe, uh, our youngest, and she has two older brothers. And so that makes her, she wants to be super independent because she sees them doing it, so she wants to do it. And so she's trying to tie her shoes and put them on and all that stuff, and she gets frustrated, and she denies our help. But eventually, she goes, help me family and we put her shoes on and now she's good she go walk she go play do all the things she wants to do but that is a picture of what it's like for us we're just sitting here trying to push through life trying to get through life trying to do it on our own while the holy spirit is like yo i am here i am your helper i can give you access to another level of understanding and living if you will just engage me and understand who i am and so if our kids if they deny us and who we want to be in their lives they are denying themselves access to a way of living that they don't even know that's possible. And we are doing that as well with the Holy Spirit family. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, talking about going to the gym, you also got to eat right as well, right? Because, you know, 80% is done in the kitchen. You know, again, math and stats, so don't, don't trust me on that. But I try to include some fruit in my diet, you know, along with vegetables and a little less carbs. And by a little less carbs, I mean a little less carbs. Um, I can never do keto because I'm still going to eat the carbs, and so it's just going to destroy everything. But <laughs> I love, I like the Granny Smith apples. You know, those, those are my favorite. And when you think of some Granny Smith, or you think of apples in, in general, it's very clear where apples came from, right? Apples did not come from, uh, do avocados grow on trees? They do. So apples did not come from an avocado tree, right? A- apples, uh, avocado tree can't produce apples. A pear tree can't produce apples. Neither can a mango tree produce apples. I guess you guys probably know where I'm going with this. Only an apple tree can produce apples. And so you're like, yo, what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit? This means, family, it is the Holy Spirit who produces the fruit in our lives that reflect that we have given our lives to Jesus. He helps us live to where there is actual fruit that people who are around us, who engage us, who connect with us can tell that there is fruit, that there is actually a connection with Jesus in our lives. Galatians 5, 22 through 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Is love, joy, peace, or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the fruit of the Spirit. So many people are so adamant about the gifts of the Spirit that they dismiss the fruit of the Spirit. And so many people are like, yo, they speak in tongues, but they're mean in English. Like, it it just, (laughs) it don't work that way. You can't dismiss the fruit of the Spirit. There is love. There is joy. There is peace and patience and so on and so forth. But who helps you live that way? Come on, let's keep it real. When you want to curse somebody out. Don't, don't play me this morning, right? Are you so holy, you know? 
when you mad because they sped up and y'all playing these games on the interstate and your wife is like, yo, stop, you know. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit tells you not to, helps you not to do these things. The Holy Spirit helps us to live a life that actually reflects Jesus. Because here's one thing about fruit, family. You can't fake it. Either you connect it to that tree or you're not. Either you're connected to the Spirit or you're not. Here's another thing that the Holy Spirit helps us, a reason why we need the Holy Spirit. He speaks. You know, there are many differences between Christianity and other religions. And, and one that I highlight here is that in, in other religions, it's about you getting to God, while Christianity is about God getting to us, right? For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. Jesus was sent to us. So there's, there's a major difference. And, and so he's coming again. We know that. And until he comes again, he didn't just drop us off in this space and be like, oh, y'all just figure it out till I come. No. He speaks to us. John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Jesus is the good shepherd. And whether you like this or not, we are the sheep. You are the sheep. And listen, sheep, they're slow. They don't get it. They don't understand. They need a lot of help. But even as sheep family, we, we know our shepherd's voice. We know his voice. You can know his voice. You can hear his voice. And we did a collection on this, I believe, back in June about how we can hear the voice of God. I would encourage you to go to YouTube and check it out. It's still there. But you don't have to go to the, the man or woman of God to hear from God. You can hear from him yourself. Now, I'm not saying you can't dismiss voices in your life because that is one of the ways that he speaks. But you don't have to wait to get to the person of God. God is speaking to you already. All right. But here's here's what I understand. The frequency in which you hear God's voice will always increase with the proximity to which you live near him. So if you're close to him, right, that frequency is it's going to be there. It's going to be constant. It's going to be consistent. Right. Like. Katie's not just my wife. Like, we live together. <laughs> like, I know her voice. We're, we're in high proximity to each other. And so there's just, there's just a frequency of her voice in my life that is just obvious. In the same way, family, if our frequency, if we're close to God, that frequency will always increase because of our proximity to him. And here's what proximity does. Proximity creates familiarity. So if you're close to that voice, you're going to know that voice. So no matter how chaotic life is, you're like, yo, I can recognize that quiet, still voice. It's like my kids. They can be in a room with other kids, and they could be in a loud space. But if I hear daddy, I'm going to know that that's Isaiah's or Titus or Zoe's voice because proximity creates familiarity. I'm familiar with that sound. I'm familiar with the tone, all of that. In the same way, family, if we're close to him, like his voice becomes clear. It becomes familiar. That's where the discernment comes in. Like, like I know this is me and that's not God. That's the enemy and that's not God. No, this is his voice. And the cool thing is, God wants to live close to you. He desires to live close to you. James 4, 8, it says, come near to God and he will come near to you. So how close you want, the proximity you want to God is determined by you. 
If you want to keep him at a distance, like, okay, then that's the choice you're making. But as you're choosing to draw close to him, he's meeting you right there because he is a God that pursues us. And here are some ways that we can hear the voice of God. Through prayer. Because prayer is a, it's a channel. It's, a, it's, a, it's an access point. To be able to say, like, God, here's where I am. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm going through. Taking a moment to settle down, be quiet, and then to hear what he has to say back to you. We have to create space for prayer in our lives. We talked about this a while ago. But stop looking at prayer as this big old thing. I need to spend an hour. What if every hour you just set an alarm on your phone and you just pray for 30 seconds? Think about how much you've increased the frequency in which you're talking, you're praying to God. Through silence, one of the things that I like to do before I pray or even open up the words, I sit in a chair in my office and I just sit there and I say, Lord, uh, here I am. Father, here I am. Those exact words I say. And I just be quiet for a little bit. Sometimes it's longer. Sometimes it's short. Sometimes it depends on how many times I hit snooze. And so, but it settles me. And I, I promise you, so often I will have those moments. And like right when I say, Father, here I am. Like I hear something. He dropped something. In. The other day I was doing it and I, I just heard the words settle. And I just began to write down, like, what does that even mean? And I feel like he was speaking to me personally, but to many others. He's like, yo, like you're, you're too high strong. You're thinking about too much right now, and I just need you to settle down and live in who I am and stop worrying about all the things that got to be figured out. That was for me, but I was like, yo, this might be for some of you as well. Like, yo, just settle. I know there are so many concerns and so many cares and so many things going on, but he's like, settle down. He was like, because, son, you're not in control. You can't make anything happen anyway. So in the same way for all of us in here this morning, just settle down. But I gain that through silence. Another way he speaks to us is through others, that people will come. And I've had this happen to me several times in my life where people will come up of, and, and they would say something. I'll say, yo, I've, I've been praying that, and that's kind of weird because I don't know you. <laughs> but it's only because they heard from the Lord and had the obedience to share that. And then through his word, listen, if you feel like, man, I don't hear God speak. I would say you, you probably haven't opened up his word because this is, this is the primary way in which God will speak, right? So you don't have to go from conference to conference, place to place, person to person. Let me get to the prophetess. Let me get to the prophet. No, you don't have to search for a word if you find yourself in God's word. His word is active. It's alive. It's speaking. It's a book that was written in antiquity but speaks with specificity to our lives today, right? His word is speaking, it's active, and it's alive. And, you know, for me, some of the greatest moments of my life have been marked from moments where I just heard the voice of God. And because of proximity, proximity, there was familiarity, and so I knew it was him. And I don't have time to go into the details of it today, but even when we moved to, to Huntsville to this area, it was so clear. And God just, man, so many cool things of how he laid that journey out. In the same way with this church, so many moments of my life have been marked from hearing the voice of God. But even in one of those moments I remember praying, I was praying and I was reading his word. And it was his word that spoke and led way to what was next. So it wasn't just me or the enchiladas. 
that I had the night before. I like that we hadn't had those in a minute. We need to. But it was him. But his word, I could go to a scripture and point to what he was saying. So I wasn't just fabricating this thing. And here's the last thing. Micah, if you come on and help me land this plane. The last reason why we need the Holy Spirit. It's because he empowers. I like coffee. I'm a coffee drinker. For sure. Um, now, I'm not a guy who loves a little coffee with my sugar. Like some of you is like, yo, you're drinking sugar. That's not coffee. Those drinks you're ordering um, from the green place. <laughs> they didn't sponsor our service, so I can't say their name. That's a joke, guys. We knew, if you knew here, we don't have sponsors. Like, just stop. <laughs> but I actually like coffee. And I can drink coffee at any point of the day, but I feel like the best time to drink coffee is definitely in the morning. Like there's nothing like the smell of just freshly brewed coffee throughout a house. Like it's just, it, it smells amazing. That's why I'm so excited about fall. Like you ask me, like what's, what vacation do you want to go on? I want to go to some place in, in New England where there's a lot of trees that are turning colors right now. And I want to get a, a coffee mug, probably just a black coffee mug, plain, nothing on it. And I want some really good coffee in it. And I want to stare out a window and look at the trees. Like, that's it. <laughs> I don't need to go to Disney. I don't need to go to Spain, Italy, Paris, nowhere. Like, that's the vacation. So I love coffee. It just makes everything make sense. Like, you take that first sip, it's like, oh, my God. I can see now. <laughs> Like, it just makes sense. You feel like you can function. Like, things, you just get things. You start solving problems that you just didn't know. Like, I got the solution. <laughs> but family, this is what life is like when you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. It all, it makes sense. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Like, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. You know, we often talk about becoming we're all becoming who God desires us to be. And ultimately, that is to live, love, and look like Jesus. But have you ever asked the question, how will we ultimately live, love, and look like Jesus? Because listen, it's not going to be possible on our own merit because we're a good person, because we have talent, or we just simply want to. No, it's going to come from the power of the Holy Spirit. So to, to be Jesus with skin on, it's going to take living a spirit-empowered life. We can't expect to live like Jesus until we are empowered like Jesus. It's not to the moment that we're empowered like Jesus that we can live like Jesus. And the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do in and of ourselves what we can't do. Listen, you didn't come up with that solution in that meeting on your own. You didn't have that great business idea on your own. You didn't figure that out on your own. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. Stop attributing uh, things to luck. What is the Holy Spirit? That was him. That was his power working in you and through you where you did something. In and of yourself, you don't have the talent to do. A great story of that is found in Acts 4. So Peter and John, they've been arrested because uh, they met this beggar at the beautiful gate when they were walking to the temple. He's like, yo, you got money? They, Peter's like, no, nah, I don't have it, but the name of Jesus what I do have. Get up and walk. And so he walked, and they're like, yo, what is going on? So they, they arrest Peter and John. They had to spend the night, and now they're before uh, the Sanhedrin. They're before the council, and they're, having to, they're asking them about, like, yo, what's happening? What's going on? What's all this you're spreading around the place? And then Acts 4, 8 says this, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, he began 
to speak. And then it tells all the account of what's going on. Then it gets to verse 13 of Acts 4. It says this, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. What does that mean, family? It was the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why we need the power of the Holy Spirit to to live and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit because he will impart things to you. You will have knowledge and ideas and creativity that you don't have, you didn't learn. It's above your education. It's above your skill set. It's above your pay grade. It's above anything that you have in your pocket. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Is it for the purpose of just look who I am, look what I got, look what I can do? No, it's so that we can be difference makers. It's so that we can be empowered to be witnesses of Jesus. And we are living in some days, family, that is going to take being empowered by the Spirit of God. That old tactics, old ways, they're they're not working. But we need people who understand the scriptures but also understand the power of the Holy Spirit and what it means to live a spirit-filled, empowered life. So why do we need the Holy Spirit? It's because the Holy Spirit is the difference maker. We can't make a difference without the difference maker. We need him in our lives. And the reality is, if you say yes to Jesus, then the Spirit of God dwells in you already. Engage him. Don't ignore him. Don't pretend that he's not there. I know it may seem like people have been weird who talk about the Holy Spirit, but listen, family, the Holy Spirit isn't weird. He's vital. That's what I want you to get today. He's not weird. He's vital. He's a person. And he's a person that we need to be able to fulfill the Great Commission. That wasn't just something that Jesus spoke to the disciples, but that was to you and I. Because those disciples, they went and made other followers. And and that's us today. So from that moment all the way down to this point in history, it's as if Jesus commissioned us. But you know the only way that that's going to be possible is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we can't deny him. We can't deny who he is. But we need to welcome him and invite him into our lives. Would you pray with me this morning?